Wagwan, peace and blessings. I'm excited. Can you hear me, Diana? Hey, girl. Can you hear me? Okay. Let me know, because if not, then I'm probably going to have to put these earphones in. Are you able to hear me? Can you let me know if you can hear me? Hey, Scotty, can you hear me? Okay, great. Now, let me, okay, how do I do this? with live hello good evening what's up how are you i'm fantastic how are you that's good you're looking fantastic i'm feeling it's friday happy friday for real it's a lot of things to celebrate you know it's friday it's also mental health awareness month um it's, it's, a, it's a couple of things to celebrate and also celebrating four years of Out the Stigma, Change the Narrative, Wellness Matters. Isn't that crazy? Like, if you would have asked me this four years ago, would I be doing something like this or could I see myself doing something like this? I wouldn't have been able to tell you that. But to be here in this moment, in this space, like, it's a blessing. I'm grateful you know, and I'm just so excited for this episode on tonight. So hello, hello. Thank you for tuning in. Everyone that's coming in, everyone that's going to be tuning in on the live. Hello to everyone that's going to be tuning in on the replay and listening in later. I'm so excited. My name is Australia Edinburgh. For those of who for those who do not know, and this is another episode of Stop the Stigma, Change the Narrative, Wellness Matters, where I come on and we talk about many topics under the umbrella of wellness and I team up with individuals such as the one that you're looking at right now. Now, for those of you who are listening, you can't see him, but he's about to tell you who he is and what he does. And then we'll go ahead and get into it. We are coming live today just to do a check-in. We want to see how you guys are feeling, how you guys are doing. Hey, Bisha, how are you? What's up, Bisha? To join us. Yes. Um, I want to let it be known that this is a safe space. You are allowed to be vulnerable and transparent in this space. Um, So please feel free to ask questions and share your comments as this episode unfolds. So Without further ado, let's go ahead and get into it. And before we get into the topic, I want to have my guest star introduce himself, tell you who he is, what he does, and let you know who he is. <laughs> well, you know, so 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 many people know me by Scott, Scotty, and then a lot of people know me by my real legal birth name as uh, Carmelo, uh, mm-hmm. you know. What's interesting is you had asked me, you know, what do you want me to put as your title? And I, you know, I struggled with this. I'm I'm being transparent with you. I struggled with this. I'm going to tell you why. You know, I I like to read a lot. And so I had read this article. It was like uh, 
some kind of psychological type of article and it talked about a term called person perception and basically what that term means is it's how us as human beings how us as people place others in compartments so that we kind of remember them so we remember who they are and right. I, i felt a certain type of way when i read that because you know yeah i'm known as a speaker and i've done a lot of professional development training for executives across the country but that's not just who i am that's not that's actually what i may do but i'm so much more than just a speaker or a trainer and so that's why i struggled because in this moment in this moment like i don't i don't want to be in a, in a box i don't want to be in a compartment so that's why i was like you know what let me go ahead and put the enricher because when i think about what have i done differently in the past couple of years one of the focuses one of the things that i've been very intentional about is making sure that every single interaction that i have with people i'm, I'm adding value of some kind whether i'm you know sharing a resource that i that i know about or sharing some knowledge sharing some of my experiences and so for me what's ironic is that when you take the effort and and enrich and pour into others it kind of comes back to you tenfold because you feel even more full right yeah so that's why i'm kind of like i'm i'm in this this whole dilemma where i just don't want a title because i'm so much more than a title and and so yeah that's me I can definitely relate to that. I'm someone too that is rebellious in a sense because I don't like being put in boxes either. It's like I'm so much more than just one thing, you know, and I don't like to be limited to certain things. So I can definitely understand that and I can attest to you being someone that is someone that adds value to the people that you connect with because when we first met, it it was like like we just clicked, right? We yeah. had conversation, you you know introduced me to some things and this energy you just had this bubbly energy about yourself like you have now so i'm so grateful to have met you and i'm glad that you know we're here having this moment because we talked about this for a minute now to see it actually you know playing out is is a bomb so yes yeah, so for those of you who heard that we have Scotty be so do you want to address you as Scotty or Look, I I I'm going to so so here I I'm going to I'm going to add some humor to this. So I tell I tell my Latin friends, call me Carmelo because they know how to roll that R. You know what I mean? They know how to add that Latin spice. But if you ain't Spanish and you struggle rolling with that R, you go ahead and call me Scotty. I'm good with that too. <laughs> I like that. Well, I'm going to call you Scotty cuz that's what I know you as. So Scotty is the man. So Without further ado, let's go ahead and get into this. We're talking about mental health and just checking in, seeing how you guys are feeling, how you guys are doing. And I felt like it would be especially important to have you here to add a male perspective, you know, on how you check in with yourself, what does mental health look like for you, and even self-care. And that's so important, you know, to just highlight and cultivate for ourselves is having that foundation that strong foundation of self and i believe that that comes through wellness knowing who you are and knowing what your triggers are knowing you know your limits so speaking of that 
Um, there have been a lot of things that have been going on around the world that has gotten people in an uproar. I have mentioned it, you know, uh, touched on it lightly on um, my page here and and on my uh, on another episode of uh, this podcast. But um, I felt like it was just especially important to talk about it because, again, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. So it's very important to do things that are helping you to raise your awareness on your mental wealth, right? So when we talk about things that can trigger mental health declines, some things that can trigger that is, of course, stress, right? That's the number one of the number one top factors of triggering a mental health decline is stress. And that can look differently for each individual. You know, you I know that the children right now are going through testing right now um, with their state testing. So, you know, I have a teenager and he's dealing with, you know, a little bit of just anxiety um, of just testing because it's a big deal, right? And then you have some of us that get stressed out from just being overwhelmed with the work-life balance and, um, you know, not necessarily managing it well. So what would you say are, you know, some stress points or factors for you um, that can, you know, kind of get you out of being balanced? So, you know, I want to I want to share a disclaimer and say that I am not by any stretch of the imagination a mental health expert. What I'm going to share is just my experience. Right. And so one of the things that I know to be true based on my experience is that my mental health throughout the past 37 years of my existence has been directly connected and impacted by worrying and being consumed by what other people thought of me and the that I made and the type of actions that I took on on just all kinds of different life choices and so what what I noticed through time is with time is because I was so consumed by what other people thought I was putting myself in the back seat because instead I was focused on trying to trying to put put forth a, a front or, or or put on a certain performance to appease to all types of different people. And so I had to take a step back and be more intentional about how I'm going to instead put myself at the front and center and, and remember that I only have one life to live. And so I have to live it in a way that I'm going to be proud of it, right? And so notice I said that I'm going to be proud of it because the reality of it is there are literally, you could literally be someone who comes up with a cure for cancer. There's always gonna be someone out there that finds something wrong with that cure or find something wrong with the fact that you came up with a cure. So the reality of it is I can't be consumed by the thoughts of other people so instead i have to put at the forefront you know what how do i believe i can be a good person and so one of the things that i've made it a a mission that that stays top of mind for me is i always want to focus on trying to be more of a contributor than being a consumer that's it that's it that's good i like how you said that and that's so important you know 
doing things for yourself that make you happy and not getting caught up in the expectations of others. I think it's it's easy to do that at times. And again, it just goes back to knowing who you are and having that that strong foundation of self to be able to say like, hey, okay, I understand that this may be something that is of the majority, but it doesn't necessarily work for me. And just because I don't agree, that doesn't mean I have to go, you know, walk around being a bad person. I could still be, you know, someone that is open to receive others, even though I may feel differently about things. So I love how you said that. And I can totally agree with that. Hello, hello, everyone. I see that we have some more people that are joining us on the live. How are you doing? Um, so um, just going back to that, what does, how does, you know, self, what does self-care look like for you, you know, when it comes to you finding yourself, you know, just getting overwhelmed with things or, you know, just dealing with, stressors um whether it's something that is going on in the world or just something that you're personally dealing with how does what does self-care normally look like for you and how has that you know made an impact on you positively so so, then this is going to be repetitive but i'm going to say self-care looks like three different things although they're not really different the first is intentionality the second is intentionality and the third is intentionality believe it or not right i i, I don't have a, a like a three or six different processes or different things it's really that one key word that has been something that has changed my life because when i take a step back and i think about every time i've said to myself ben you know i really want to lose weight or i i really want to learn how to uh, do a certain thing, right? I really want to get better at, you know, being able to ride my bike for 50 miles instead of just 25. It takes effort on my part, like an intentional effort and in saying, okay, if I want to lose weight, let me get myself up and walk into the gym. Let me get myself up and walk into the gym. So the thing about it is when you think about self-care, the key word is self. Right. So the only person who's going to really care about you is yourself. No one, no one else. So it's about saying, okay, if if I worked all week, then I'm going to set aside an hour, five hours, the whole day on Saturday. And you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to go to the spa. I'm going to go get me a massage. I'm going to go to the movies. I'm going to take myself to the theme park. What are you going to do? for you right because when you take that moment and something for yourself again you put yourself at the forefront of things and here's the best part when you put yourself first and you you invest that self-care then you're in a better position to care for others to care for that's facts because if you're not able to pour into yourself like you said you're not going to be good for others and it's essential to know like you said, to have that intentionality to have an understanding and holding yourself accountable when it comes to things. Like you said, you know, if it's something as simple as, okay, well, I want to increase the mileage that I go in my bike or not even that. I want to I want to do better at fitness and just my overall wellness. 
what do I need to do? I have to sit down and be intentional and be honest with myself first about what it is that I can do, what it is that I need to improve, and how can I move forward? So I like to say creating a self-care plan is important with that because it's something that holds you accountable and it's something that you would tangibly write down and something you will refer to, you know, when you find yourself in those moments of questioning yourself or, you know, just kind of falling off a little bit. So um, another thing that you can do in addition to creating a self-care plan is having an accountability partner, right? This is something that can be used across, you know, many platforms. Um, but having an accountability partner is a safe person, someone that you feel comfortable to be transparent and vulnerable with that can help you be accountable in times when you're not able to do it fully on your own. So, um, again, just being able to have that intentionality, like you said, that is so important. And don't be so hard on yourself. It's something I would say as well. Don't be so hard on yourself. You know, sometimes we are our toughest critic, right? We're so hard on ourselves and want to perfect, be perfected before we actually achieve something. And I've had to learn over the years that I have to just roll with the punches, right? Um, and just be intentional about being honest with myself. Like, okay, this is a goal that I want, but realistically, I'm gonna have to work to get there and being okay with the progress, no matter how little or how big it may be. It's a saying I like to say, progress is progress, right? That means that, you know, celebrating the small wins just as much as you celebrate the big wins too. So that's key. And I was just gonna—I was just gonna say, like, I love that—the self-care plan. See, I—I I, don't—I don't have the—you know—I'm not—I'm not always the best with with a good play on words, but that's perfect—a self-care plan, and then the accountability piece. And here's what the best part. You know, a lot of times, a lot of people think that having an accountability partner is that person that just is going to like poke you and say, "Hey, did you go to?" today but actually something that i've done even for myself going to the gym almost now for the past year on a consistent basis is i found someone to go with right so i go to the gym with one of my best friends jessica and it, it's great because when you find someone that also likes to or also wants to go to the gym it makes that activity more fun more fun and then also it's kind of like if you don't get up and go in a way i'm not just letting myself down i'm also letting jessica down so it it, it yeah i mean it's it, it, big role definitely i think that that is also you know good as well you know it's always fun when you have someone else to go right and i believe that we are not meant to be and walk our journey alone necessarily these people that we come across and that we connect with along our journey may not always be able to be with us from start to finish but, and that's because, you know, there's a reason for uh, the season, right? So everybody has a reason for why they come in your life. But I feel like, like you said, you know, it's in, it, it makes it more fun and more enjoyable. And it adds perspective as well when you have someone that's doing it with you. Yeah. So before any further, I would like to just take a little break, go to the audience, see what they're saying, see what they're talking about, get some insight from them. Hello, Joshua. How you doing? 
Fantasia. I'm sorry if I said your name wrong. Hey, girl. Hey. Your sister? Yeah, that's my sister, Fantasia. Hey, girl. Blowing Smoke Hookah. Thank you for joining in. Sandra Rice Beauty. Hello, beautiful. How are you? Joshua Polanco. How you doing? Dr. Corey has joined us. Hello, hello, hello. Embellished Beauty. How are you? Hey, girl. Oh, underscore oh simply me hello how are you natalie lux thank you for tuning in we have marquise Braden. thank you for tuning in and we have kim roxy hello beautiful how are you so for you for those of you that are just tuning in we are here just doing a little self-care or not self-care but well self-care mental health we're just doing a little check-in and we have here Scotty, who is the enricher, who is sharing his insights on, you know, self-care, what that looks like. And we also talked about a little bit of the stressors that can happen, you know, that can cause you to have a mental, mental health decline, which can be being overwhelmed with your work-life balance, um, you know, being triggered by things that we're seeing on the media, or any personal events that have taken place, um, you know, and, and that can range. It can range on a scale very big. So um, let's talk about what challenges have You know, you said a lot there, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that piece of, of being consumed by what others thought of. The second is getting so wrapped up comparing myself to others and vice versa, right? And, you know, the reason why I, I would do that is because, look, let's just call it what it is. I lacked, to some degree, confidence. Confidence in myself in, in different contexts, whether it's in my career, whether it's my family life, the kind of friendships that I have. And so oftentimes I would compare myself to try to feel, make myself feel better by saying, oh, well, I'm a little further ahead than that person. But also what's ironic is sometimes it had a, the opposite effect because then I'm comparing myself to someone and they're like, and I'm like, man, that person is the same age as me, but I'm over here all the way up there. I mean, it was just so detrimental to, to my mental health. And then the third is the impact that it had on me when people would tell me um, that I hurt them. The impact have on me when people would tell me that I hurt them. What, and I'm not saying physically, I'm talking about emotional, right? If I may have uh, said something that hurt them or something that I may have done hurt them, even if it was something that was not intentional by my part, but that's something that really affected me in a big way. But I tell you, and I want to share this with all of you. There's a, a gentleman, his name is Kyle 
Cease, C-E-A-S-E, Kyle Cease. And I went and saw him because a, a good friend of mine, Dr. Shannon, uh, Shannon Connors, she invited me to his event in L.A. a couple of years ago. And he used to have a comedy special on Comedy Central. And I went to this two-day event. It was fantastic. But I learned something from him, which which changed this this whole piece for me, which was he said, moving forward, when someone tells you that you hurt them or that you made them angry or you caused them to do certain something, whatever that something is, I want you to remember that's not true. Because really what they're saying is you did not meet their expectation. Mm-hmm. And that, that was a huge moment, aha moment for me. Why? Because it put things into perspective and it made me realize, damn, like that's that's really true. Because how many times has someone said to you that you hurt them or you did something to them? Meanwhile, so this was their expectation of you. Meanwhile, they never sat you down and said, by the way, these are my expectations of you. And and, and the best example I can give you is in, in a workplace setting. How many times have you been at work? You have your quarter or annual review. Your boss is sitting down and says, uh, you didn't do X, Y and Z. And you're looking at them like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But, but I, you, you never even told me that I was supposed to do X, Y, and Z a certain X, Y, Z way. So they failed to give you what their expectations were, but yet they still wanted you to meet their expectations. How does that make sense? And so for me, and I'm not trying to be mean, I'm not trying to be, uh, I'm not trying to disregard people's feelings, but it it helped me moving forward to when I ha- when I would have interactions with people where they may say that I made them feel a certain way, it helped me to take a step back and not, not take it so personally and just remember that I just did not meet their expectations. And I can't meet somebody's expectations if I don't know what your expectations are. That is good. I think that, um, you know, you said a lot there, you know. Yeah. <laughs> We have all found ourselves in situations like that, but recognizing when someone is projecting their expectations on you as opposed to your intentions, yeah, that's something that, you know, is necessary. And I also believe that communication is necessary as well so that we can have an understanding, clarity can be given, and we can get on the same page. Like you said, you know, if it could be something where you were unintentionally doing it, but it affected someone that way. But how would you know if a conversation was not had? So communication is very important, you know, when it comes to just that overall piece of being well. You know, it's something you want to be clear across the board with, right? I am someone that likes to be direct about things. And... um I've learned that sometimes it's not always received well because one, people are not used to people being direct with them. You know, they just didn't like the way that it was given um, necessarily. And that's not to say like, I was like, oh no, baby, you need to listen to me. And this is going to be, I need, but in most situations, I'm, I'm not, you know, I just like to be direct. But again, I feel like communication is a is a really main factor with just getting misunderstandings understood. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and, and what's interesting, too, is that, uh, you know, I, I don't want anybody to get this confused. When I learned this from Kyle, 
it was also a slap in the face for me because then it made me think back to all the times where I was quote unquote hurt by other people and made me realize, no, I wasn't. Like I, I literally had to slap myself in the face and say, no, you weren't. No, the problem is, is you had expectations of these people and you didn't, they didn't know that. Meanwhile, and you got mad at them because they didn't meet the expectations that you never told them that you had. No, I'm to wake up. <laughs> no, it was, it was a wake up moment. But that introspection and that reflection piece is good that that was there because it's like, you know, sometimes you have to take a step back and be like, okay, well, maybe I did, or maybe I didn't, or just ask yourself, why am I feeling this way about this? Why is this particular situation you know, making me feel this kind of way about it and just get to the bottom of it. Yeah, it's true. It's, I mean... It, I'm sorry. Yeah, no. so getting to the bottom of that is cool. And as for me, you know, what made me step up my game and shift, you know, with that was something I experienced years ago when I first had my son. Um, I found myself in a very dark place. You know, I experienced postpartum depression and it was due to a lot of things that was going on in my life at that time. And I just thought at that particular time, I was like, you know, my mindset was different. So I just felt like, you know, I was being punished, you know, for the things that weren't going right for me at that time. Um, I didn't have, you know, full support from his father. So uh, I felt like I was doing something wrong. And then just my environment at that time was not good. So I became actually suicidal at that point because I was overwhelmed with everything that was taking place. But I also was not communicating with people what it, what it was that was going on with me because I didn't know how to at that time. So I had reached out to someone and let them know like, hey, you know, this is what I'm thinking about doing. And then they made it clear to me, like, you sound depressed, you are suicidal and you need to, first of all, let's pray and then let's, you know, find resources to helping you get well. Um, now, at this time, you know, mental health, this has never been something that has been discussed, you know, in my environment. Um, it definitely wasn't welcomed as it is now. And once I came to the realization of that, I was just like, wow, I can't believe <laughs> I was really about to do something like that. So I decided to take you know, my healing into my own hands and raise my awareness on why I was feeling the way that I was feeling about these things, what I could do to change that and putting myself in environments that allowed me to be vulnerable with expressing myself and just receiving the necessary help that I needed. So um, that was very important for me as well as just understanding myself, understanding the dynamics of my environment and also into my culture more. That also really helped, you know, to boost my confidence in understanding, you know, why things were the way that they were as far as the, the dynamic in my environment. And then I just started, you know, holding myself accountable. I started doing things that, you know, made me um, look differently. I shifted my perspective and I 
started being selfish in a sense, which was putting myself first. At that time, I was putting others before myself, and I thought that that was the godly thing to do, that was the good girl thing to do, but I learned that there was limits with that. There was boundaries that had to be set with that, because like we said earlier, if you're not pouring into yourself, how are you going to be able to pour into others? And I've gotten to a space to where I'm even able to comfortably speak about this because, you know, this information that I've learned about myself has helped other people, right? Because, you know, normally when they see, or at least in spaces and workspaces that I've been in, people are just like, well, how are you able to manage so much? How are you able to deal with this? And at first, you know, I was just like, okay, yes, I don't know. I really don't know. Besides my faith in God, I don't know. But then I had to start giving myself more credit. Like, no, because I am, you know, taking time to pace myself. It's because I have supportive tribe behind me, people that can help me, you know, with my son and, you know, um, allowing me the freedom to do things as a woman and just as a human being and explore things, you know, because I was literally told that my life was over because I was a mother. I could not dream. I, you know, I'm not supposed to do certain things. And that had me down because I was just like, I I couldn't believe it, but I didn't believe it. And I'm glad that I didn't because if I did, I wouldn't be here. Persuaded Beauty wouldn't be here. Stop the Stigma wouldn't be here. And just all of the other blessings that have unfolded wouldn't be here. So, I mean, that is something that really made me shift my game, which was me being a mother and, you know, looking at my son and knowing that, you know, I'm the big, I'm his biggest influence. So I have to make sure that even though I'm not able to teach him how to be a man, you know, in a certain sense, I need to be able to be resourceful for him in other areas. So that meant me having to address myself and get down to the nitty gritty about that. So I love it here. I love it here in self-care. Um, I am a little bit selfish and I celebrate that, you know. Um, I've gotten to the point to where my family knows, you know, now. Like, hey, if I'm calling the saying. I need a break. They already know. They don't ask no questions. My son is taken care of. I'm allowed to decompress, be myself, and, you know, just have my alone time. And I've grown to be very comfortable with having my alone time because I'm around people all the time. I'm in a service industry, and I need to recharge. So having that alone time is so important. It's true. You know, I got to say thank you for your for your testimonial, for for sharing your story. And, you know, also recognize that, man, I've been, I've been extremely lucky. And I say lucky because I don't know what it's like to be a single parent of any kind, but I've been raised by a single mom. And what's interesting is I, I don't doubt that my own mother struggled with similar things, whether it's that postpartum depression or other type of mental struggles. But man, I could tell you that for me, single moms are warriors because at least for my sister and I, especially me being the oldest, my mom had me at 16. And so I I grew up And I watched this woman, I mean, she just killed it, right? Like she wasn't, uh, you know, she didn't have a lot, but she 
busted her ass. And so, you know, in a way she created this environment where clearly I could see we were struggling, but damn, she, it just, I don't want to say it didn't seem that way, but it seemed like nothing could stop this woman because she worked so hard to get so many different things. And so that's why I say I'm lucky because, and, and a lot of men, not most men are quite lucky because we, either haven't and we probably will never experience the type of those mental struggles that that single moms face and that's that's hard that's tough but then what's worse in my opinion is i feel as though being a minority you have to work a thousand times harder than everybody else and so i think that's also part of the reason why mental mental health is such a big issue in a in the minority community because it's kind of like ain't nobody got time for that because we we we, we literally need to work a hundred times harder she we like we need we need to work a hundred times harder than everybody else so the thing we're thinking about is our mental health because there's just no room for that so i yeah, I, I, I just, I praise you. I, I give thanks to you. I mean, that's, that's, that's tough. But also, this is a moment that for any men or any man that's watching this, let this be a moment that we, like, women have been their own cheerleaders for many, many years. But now, men need to also be cheerleaders on behalf of women, too. Like, this is, this is a pivotal moment in a big way. And like you said, going back to the cultural aspect of it, yeah, it's a lot that went into it. We kept, we kind of kept it hush hush, but the the reasons for that are a lot. You know, it's not just because it wasn't something that people wanted to talk about. I mean, if we're gonna take it back. Let's take it all the way back. You know, mm-hmm. for times where going back into the enslavement days when we were enslaved, you know, we were literally put into we were thrown in jail and we were put in mental asylums if we tried to run away. We were told that we had mental health issues from running away from being tortured, mistreated, you know, um, threatened, killed, and, and and all of the other things. So that trend, you know, that kind of came down and trickled down to us and, you know, into where we are now into having, not having those conversations. But I feel like so much has happened um, in society that has caused it to be something that we we focus on a little bit more especially the pandemic the pandemic made all of us sit down and sit with ourselves whether we liked it or not we had to sit with ourselves and i feel like the pandemic is one of the things that you know um really impacted us shifting our perspectives on how we address our daily lives as as you know how we are working ourselves i mean at one point society is literally telling us we got to be like robots we're supposed to be on the go hustle hustle can't even talk hustle culture was a really big thing where we were told like you got to be on the go you got to be doing something i'm sitting if you're not moving you're not productive and like you i've done away with that mentality i don't base my productivity and i don't define my worth on my productivity if that makes sense you know what i'm saying i don't base my words solely on my productivity 
And I had to get to a point to where I had to realize that and acknowledge that within myself because it was killing me. I was becoming exhausted. I was overworking myself. Not only that, I was missing out on important moments, you know, as my son was growing up. So I had to, again, acknowledge myself and address myself and face myself and be honest with myself. I think that's the main thing is just being honest with yourself about where you are in your life and how things are affecting you. And um, like I said, I, I've been, it, it's, a, it's a thrilling, thriving and fulfilling thing to be able to say, hey, I'm good with where I'm at. Like you said, not comparing ourselves to others either. It's so easy to do that, especially being an entrepreneur. Shout out to my entrepreneurs. If you're an entrepreneur on the live, please send us some hearts and let us know because we know that you definitely want to be grounded in having mental wealth, you know, coping strategies because it's a lot. It's a lot to process, you know, it's a lot to digest it's a lot that you have to put out there and when you're getting started you know it can be a scary thing but managing yourself having that support system having that self-accountability is very important yeah look back on you know moguls who have done the unthinkable of you know taking of unaliving themselves you know you have to think in, you know, like what was really going on. It's a lot that we don't, it's a lot that we don't really address because we're, we have to put on this, you know, face of, uh, you know, just being someone that's a boss. But I think that being a boss is also knowing how to be vulnerable, transparent and saying, hey, that's not for me or hey, that's too much. I can't handle it. Let me give this to someone else to help me instead of taking everything on yourself, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Man, you like, you know, you're hitting, you're hitting so many, like this is, oh man. It, it makes me think about a couple of different things because there's so much to unpack here. You know, you had talked about the suicidal part. Um, so, you know, if, if I can, let me share a, a story of my childhood. So one of the things that I've struggled with when I was a, a kid was in school was mathematics. Man, when I tell you I've always hate, hated and struggled with math, always, that's been my worst subject. And I remember being in school, being amongst my peers and seeing everyone else around me excel in math. And we're not talking like you know, geometry or trig or anything like super, uh, super out there. We're talking about just basic stuff. And I remember I had wrote a letter to my teacher saying that I wanted to kill myself because I felt stupid and I felt, you know, I, I didn't feel of value because I couldn't do math. Something as ridiculous as that. And so it may not, and I'm not saying that, you know, my feelings were ridiculous, but I mean, if you take a step back, it's like, and, and I think about the the kids that are in school today and, and even the, like to me, the more pressure that they face because of social media and et cetera. I'm like, man, I could only imagine the kind of pressure that they must be facing compared to what I faced. But at the same time, when I think back to that 
time in my life, being a kid, struggling with math, feeling that type of way. What I believe I needed, because at least now as an adult, I needed more. I needed someone to show me, you may not be good at math, but here's what you're really Here are all the other things you're really good at. And so what's interesting is as an adult, sometimes all of, all of us kind of feel those moments where, man, I really suck at this, but we fail to, to remember and constantly highlight all the things we're really good at. And because we're so good at all these other things, how many people come to you on daily or weekly basis about those other things, asking for your advice, your input, your guidance, because you are the go-to expert for those other things. And so, yeah, I, I'm just, there's so much to unpack that you've said. It's, it's <laughs> it is. And, you know, again, I'm just, I, I thank you for, you know, coming and being vulnerable and transparent. It's important for, you know, males to be able to have that, you know, and be able to cultivate a, a safe space for themselves because y'all matter too. The world tells males that they have to just be strong and put on a brave face and don't have any emotions. And yep. not that's not human. That's not human. You know, and that's something I definitely do not teach my child. You know, I feel I'm glad that I went through the things that I went through to be able to cultivate, you know, a space for communication. It's important for our males, I believe, to be able to communicate and know that and, and cultivate that while they're young so that, you know, they're not just out here being emotional, emotion, emotionalist or um, it's a word that I'm looking for, um, nonchalant about things. Yeah important to communicate and speak up about how you're feeling, you know, whether it's in professional situation, personal, romantical, all of that. It's, it's very important. But I want to take a moment just to go to the comment section because I see that people are commenting. Hello to the new people that are joining. Jess E. Lyons, how you doing? Mommy, okay, you guys rock. She said, so very true. Hello, A underscore Monies. I'm sorry if I say your name wrong, but hey, girl. <laughs> um, J U Ju underscore got it. How you doing? I am Zoe Brown said preach. Mommy of two crazy girls says, Amen, girl. You rock. You're beautiful and amazing. Thank you. Beauty Lincoln has joined. Hey, Judith. How you doing, girl? <laughs> um, your sister Fantasia said she sure did kill it. Gave us some hand claps. Yep, me too. Saludos. I don't know if I said that right, but Felix Luis860 says saludos. So if you guys are just tuning in, like we're we're just having a, a check-in. We're talking about mental health, how it you know, how it's why it's important, how mental health declines can affect you. And also just sharing some strategies. So, um, yeah, like I said, it's very important to have these moments and have these spaces. And even if you're not someone, even if you are someone that's not able to have that safe space at home, it's important for you to seek out those safe spaces, you know, in your environment. They're out there. 
there are support groups out there you know um there are all types of support groups that you can find nowadays for all of the things that you like to do things that feel comfortable to you things that feel right to you so i would encourage you to even do that um if you feel like you know you you don't feel comfortable sharing certain information speaking of um if you are someone that's following me um then you know i talk about this often i have a resource directory on my website persuadedbeauty.com that you know shares um you know prevention hotlines it also shares apps you know technology has definitely made things accessible right to our fingertips so even if you don't even feel comfortable about being in person you can do things online now you know so um there's counseling that can be done online there are some online support groups there are hotlines you know chat lines that you can call to speak to a professional that's unbiased to just hear you out cuz sometimes you know talking to a stranger could be therapeutic you know um yeah. talking to it does help you feel good <laughs> right um so there are many things and many avenues that you can take to help you be your best self and that is the key you know doing what you need to do to be your best self even if that means taking your time i always been told slow and steady wins the, wins the race when i was younger and now that i look back on my life i'm like man i can't believe i was really caught up in that whole hustle, hustle culture and just wanting to be someone that was valued based on what i have as opposed to what i can do and how my life feels now i'm more what's more important to me is how my life feels as opposed to how it looks to others because at the end of the day if i'm not happy no one around me is going to be happy and I won't be able to pour, you know, happiness into other people. So that's very important with just again having that self accountability and that understanding. And it takes time. Let me also say that, you know, healing from things, overcoming things, understanding yourself and raising your awareness takes time. It's not something that can just happen overnight. So again, like we said earlier, just be patient with yourself as you are growing, as I like to say, right? Because that's something that we're going to constantly be doing. We're going to be constantly growing. We're going to be shifting our mindsets and growing out of things that we used to, you know, uh, um that we used to celebrate and champion when we were younger. That's that's going to happen and it's okay. It's okay. You know, and, and I I want to share because since you said, you know, these these types of things take time, you know, one of the things that I know at least myself and a lot of people struggle with is grief when they've lost someone. And considering that we just hit a milestone of losing a million people to this to this COVID, um, you know, one of the things I I just want to share with you is that for me what has been therapeutic in a way is when i've lost someone or people i take a step back and i ask myself how would they have lived what are some things that they would have done or better yet what are some things they would have told you make sure you do this before your clock runs out as a great way to honor that person and so an example of that is 
back in November, I lost my grandfather. And this, this was huge. This was a really big loss for me. And I can tell you that even now, I'm not better. But uh, I'm going to share something with all of you that I, didn't, I haven't even shared with my mom, not even my sister. So if she's still on, she's going to hear this for the first time. When I was with my grandfather days before he passed, uh, he made me promise him that I would look after and take care of my mom, that I would look after my grandmother, look after my sister and continue to be the man that I've become. And when he passed, it took me a while to figure out what can I do to fulfill that promise? And so I had to pivot. I had to take a step back from the things that I love doing, like doing the empowerment speaking and, the, and working with executives. And I took a step back and just wanted to figure out what could I do to honor my grandfather, um, but also fulfill the promise that I made to him. And so I decided to uh, purchase, okay? I decided to do something absolutely wild. And that is purchase a franchise. And this franchise is not only going to obviously produce a nice little income for myself, but also going to help me take care of my mom while she's in her retirement years so that she can really enjoy those quote unquote golden years. Although my mom is still very young, but she is retired. And so I'm fulfilling this promise. But then also the other thing is the LLC that I had formed in college, uh, which was a long time ago, back in 2011, I had the, the name changed and I put my grandfather's name into the LLC. So, you know, I wanted to do something that number one, he himself, as old as he was, didn't have the opportunities, the same opportunities that I had. And during this whole process, and I'm still in this process, this has been therapeutic because it's been a moment of pride for me, an opportunity to kind of say thank you to my grandfather, keep my promises, but also create a legacy for not just for myself, but for my family to be proud of. And so I just encourage you that for those of you who are grieving, who continue to grieve, even the loss of someone that was a year ago or two years ago, five years ago, think back to how they would have wanted you to live and live in that way in, in their honor. That's so beautiful. Like I'm over here about to tear up, <laughs> tearing up. So beautiful that you are, you know, able to establish a legacy honoring him. That's what, and again, you know, my condolences to you. And like you said, you know, grief is tough. And not to be dismissive, I also want to touch on that grief is not limited to just death. Grief, mm -hmm. grief from you losing a job. Grief from you moving, lo changing locations. You know, grief can just come from your normalcy being interrupted such as when we what we had to face with the pandemic <laughs> you know um there are different levels of it but it is something that can affect you and again just having that patience with yourself and that understanding and 
doing things to motivate you to keep moving forward is important. It's very important. I want to go to the comments. I see people are saying things. Disha says, so true. Beauty Lana says, amen. And your business, Jesse E. Lyon says, growth often comes after failure or weakness. Yes, I've had to literally, I have a different relationship with, with failure and weakness. And I think it was Will Smith that said something about failing forward. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I don't look at, at failures as the ultimate end all be all. It is a moment, like Jesse said, of opportunity for me to grow. No one comes out the womb just being perfect with everything, right? We have to grow, go through things in order to gain that experience and, you know, just to gain that awareness. So, you know, beating yourself up about things that don't pan out the way that you expect them is not going to be helpful looking, changing your perspective and looking at how, what is this teaching me? How can I grow from this? What can now, I mean, I know that I made a mistake, but now moving forward, I know what not to do now, right? Beauty Lennon says, death forces us to be more perspective. Disha says, sorry for your loss. Fantasia rest in peace, grandpa. Disha says, a blessing. And Fantasia says, woohoo, bro. So yes, yes, Jewel underscore Goddess said, this man was always destined for greatness. I believe it. That's my cousin. My cousin. Tisha says, there is no failure, only feedback. I like that. There is no failure, only feedback. So I think that, you know, on top of being intentional, your perspective it's also another thing that can help you really go through the challenges of life. Because it's something that we're going to always be facing. We're going to always face challenges as long as we're here on this earth. So being able to, you know, shift your perspective in times of challenge is essential. Mm-hmm. Uh, you... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, no. I was just that was that was all. It's you know, and, and and what's interesting is not only is it essential, it's success as a as a country, success as a world, success as humanity is predicated on perspective. Why? Because in this very moment, there are people across this country that are 100% adamant about not being interested in uh, in another person's perspective, in another person's opinion, in another person's experience. And as you can see, it is causing such a detriment to the soul, literally the soul of not just this country, but the world, because we're not the only ones facing this moment this struggle other countries other citizens around the world are facing the same thing and so one of the things i encourage all of you to do is even if you don't like a particular president or a political figure or a religious figure or a certain town or a certain state or a certain country 
I would encourage you to still try and build a relationship, a connection, or at least open the lines of communication with that person, those people that you may not like or you don't agree with. Why? Because see, what's interesting is while there may be so many things that could in fact divide us, I know for a fact because of how many amazing people that I've met that don't believe the, what I believe, that don't look the way that I look, that, that have never been raised the way that I was raised, what I know to be true is the one thing that is 100% unifying is struggle. I don't care if you're rich, I don't care if you're poor, I don't care if you're black, white, pink, or purple. I don't care if you're from the US, the UN, uh, China, it doesn't matter. Every single person in any capacity has experienced. The US, the UN, uh, China, it doesn't matter. Every single person in any capacity has experienced struggle. And so what greater thing to to, to kind of agree on and, and to share, to, to sit down and maybe have a beer, have a soda, have some water and just say, tell me, what has been the most challenging part of your life? And listen to that story. And I guarantee you, while that story may not be the same as your story, you're going to find some similarities. And in those moments, when you find those similarities, those are the moments when you're going to be like, wow, this person is no different than I am. This is my brother. This is my sister. And yeah, I don't like that they like the opposite political party, but you know what? They're good people. They're good people. And they're just passionate, just like I am. This is um, a quote, I believe. Um, I can't fully think of it, but if you if you know what I'm talking about, please help me out. It's a quote by Audre Lorde, I believe, that says, you know, being different is not a bad thing, you know, basically. It just means it's different, right? And just imagine if everyone was the same in this world. Just imagine how dull it'll probably be, right? If we were all the same, if we all looked the same, <laughs> all like the same things, different, our differences is what makes us us. And our differences is what makes us beautiful, is what I'm also trying to say. I love, you know, getting to meet new people because it's something from them that I'm able to add to my perspective on things, you know? So I agree with you on that. And touching back on the whole grief thing, you know, I'm still dealing with the loss of my mother in December of 2019. The year before that, I lost my grandmother. That was that's been tough and one thing that I learned from them is one to definitely make sure that I'm always you know putting myself first so that I can be able to give to others 
my mother was someone she called herself the women's live you know she was an advocate for women in her own right because she knew the you know just the things that we deal with you know the challenges that we face um the pressures that are put on us to always make sure we have the house looking good make sure we're looking good making sure that everybody else is taken care of constantly giving of ourselves and i've learned that you know there are there has to be limits with that you know there has to be those limits with that because like we said earlier if you're not able to pour into yourself you're not able to pour into someone else so even mother you know being a mother sometimes we can feel guilty when we're not a hundred percent wanting to always you know just be up in the house or be around our kids sometimes i'm telling you as a mother it's healthy to take time away from the house it's healthy to take time away from your kids it's healthy away from the household roles and to just be yourself do what makes you happy even if it is you know just going down the street and getting a starbucks coffee or treating yourself to lunch i mean that can make such a big difference or back in the old days my mom they like to play dominoes or or play bridge she would have her bridge you know meeting with her girls so you know things like that are important and you know if you're giving yourself to too much of anything is never good no it's just too much of anything isn't good so again setting those boundaries and having those limits is important Yes, Tisha. Just like you said, setting boundaries is important. Working on it. Um, and another thing that, you know, the passing of my grandmother and my mother taught me is that I don't want to be someone that waits until I'm later in life to understand and recognize these things. I want to address it now. I want to, you know, raise my awareness on it now and do what I need to do to make the necessary changes so that I'm not looking back on my life and, you know, just you know, thinking my woulda, coulda, shoulda. Right. So I, I'm I'm thankful for that and I'm grateful for that. And I believe that me doing what I'm doing as far as helping magnify the beauty of women is a way that I'm also, you know, honoring my mother's legacy as well. Because in those moments, we get to share so much. We share our experiences, we share our successes, we share our remedies. Sometimes, you know, we share a lot of very personal things and being able to connect with someone, even though I don't know them, we, like you said, we connect with our challenges. That is something that just helps me thrive and lets me know like, hey, I'm not alone. You know, this is someone that's going through this too. And again, you know, just that exchange is very, very powerful. So I take that with pride. It's more than just me making up your face. It's about the experience that we have with each other. Absolutely. And it's true. This, and a lot of love, let me tell you. I mean, if you're looking, I hope you're looking at the comments. Yes, I see Fantasia says, makes a huge difference to take time for ourselves being a mother. Yes, yes, that's why I said, I'm so glad that I did not you know, believe the lie that because I'm a mother, my life was over. 
You know, I'm. it just means that I have to do this too. I gotta find a way to make it all work, right? So it's, it's so important. And, and like I said, going back to those support groups, find those moms out there. There are some, there are mom support groups out there that are out here moving and grooving and shaking and baking. For real. <laughs> Jew Goddess says, not taking time for oneself is what made me lose the love of my life. So that's actual factual. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that. And like I said, just continue to be patient with yourself. And another thing that self-care has taught me is recognizing when other people are not practicing that within themselves, right? Especially like when it comes to, you know, the dating and things of that nature. Um, um, I definitely don't want to be someone that, you know, comes across as if I, I know it all and I got it all because I don't. I still have ways to go, but it's important to, you know, recognize when someone is doesn't align with you on that level, if that makes sense. And um, just understanding how that can be draining when you are connected to people that don't have those healthy boundaries, you know, and don't know how to hold themselves accountable about things. Jew Goddess says, moms need a break. Jesse Lyons says, having been witness to the Depp Heard case, please speak out to domestic violence folks, mental health and finding support. Yes, so um, I have not been following that case. I've been seeing things here and there about the Johnny Depp and Heard case. So I don't really know all of the facts about that, but domestic violence is definitely real. And um, it's something that is still a very touchy subject for people. I know that, you know, there are a lot of people that always ask questions, well, why do you wait to wait so long to say things? It's a whole mental process that goes on there. It's not as easy. Not only that, have attachments to people, you know, it could be certain attachments that you may have to that individual that may cause them to stay. So we need to have a little bit more compassion when people are coming out, coming out and speaking up about these things, because you never know what it is that they're dealing with behind doors. It's never always as simple as just saying, hey, this is what I'm dealing with, because how many times have we said that and where we seen where women were being abused in relationships and nothing was said. People thought that it was okay because they were married. At one point, we were allowing things like this to happen when we would see, um, you know, men being aggressive towards women in public. Mm. You know, we have definitely grown as a society in addressing it more and putting things into place to make sure that it's, you know, prevented. Um, I do want to let it be known that there are domestic violence advocates on here. Disha Jenkins is one of them. I am one of them. Um, and just knowing the signs is important. Um, my heart goes out to anyone if you are watching and listening to this and you are in a situation where it's unsafe. I do want to let you know that help is available to you. Um, if you are someone that knows of someone that is in a situation like this, help is available to you to be supportive as well. And I would say that you can go to the domesticviolencehotline.org and gain more information on that. It will give you information on 
the signs to be aware of. Um, there's also a support line where you can contact um, a professional on a secured line. Um, there are organizations such as Her Voice um, with, with Dr. Shana um, that can assist you and aid you in being supportive towards you. And I would encourage you to look into um, organizations in your area if you're not someone that's here in Texas, um, you know, with just gaining insight on how to address that situation. But I want to let you know that it is important that you make a plan to get out. It's important that you make a plan to get out and help is available to you. Jesse Lyon says, oh, I think I just said that. Yeah. So mental health and finding support. So yes, again, you can go to persuadedbeauty.com, click on the resource directory. There are hotlines there um, for specific situations. There are apps. There are recommended professionals in the wellness sector. Um, and there's something for each ethnic group. So check that out. Um, Gotti, if you have a resource that you want to share regarding that, please do so. Um, but also domestic violence is not just limited to physical. It can be verbal. It can be um, mental, emotional. Those are also signs of abuse. So I think that, again, just educating ourselves on domestic violence, knowing the signs is important to being someone that can support someone and be of aid to someone that is dealing with it. And if not someone else, definitely yourself. You do not have to deal with that. You do not have to deal with that. Um, you know, one of the things, you know, I have a little bit of a different perspective on the domestic violence piece. You know, I, I, luckily, I've, I've never had to deal with it. I've been a witness to it. Uh, but just sharing a completely different mindset is, you know, when you look at and at least I'm, this is coming from my conversations with domestic violence experts. When you look at folks who have been uh, in that type of a situation who is mentally or physically abusing them or being violent with them, that's from something else. Meaning that they learn that type of behavior from someone somewhere else, whether in a direct or indirect way. So one of the things that when I've worked with leaders, one of the things that I've constantly have hammered into a lot of leaders is to rein in this desire to want to intimidate their team or intimidate the company because they're leadership role so for example you know fear is fear in whatever capacity I, i'm not sitting here trying to minimize domestic violence but what i mean is in a workplace setting if you're kind of if you're like this boss that treats people like well i'm your boss and i can revoke i can revoke your job okay i can make life miserable for you well now you're essentially you're creating that you know that type of environment that is is um, oh my God, what, what is the, the term? You're creating this environment that other people pick up that behavior and now in, and, and now take that behavior and bring it home with them, bring it into a relationship with them. So the point I'm trying to make is if you see someone 
having this kind of this power trip because they're the boss, they're in some kind of leadership uh, or decision-making role, and they're trying to intimidate others in that capacity, be the person that speaks up to them to, to rein that in and bring it down. Because it essentially, it, it can, and it has started from even the workplace. Yeah, you're right. And it's like an inferior complex. I've, I've had to be someone that had to speak up about the way that I was treated and I was looked at as aggressive, you know. The It's, it's a little different for me because I'm a black woman, you know. And, mm. and microaggressions that I face in the workplace is different. So, you know, just, just from even being someone with a big personality, that can be construed as intimidating or yeah. aggressive. So, you know just raising your awareness on that and addressing it in a risk in a, in appropriately because there is a way things like this you can't just be going up in there you know f-bombing everybody and telling them i'm gonna blow it up no <laughs> there's a process you might have to go a step above them right you might have to go to their superior you might have to actually file a report you might need to actually notate situations and instances that are happening in the workplace so that when you do go to the board or whoever is above you have documentation that this is what's been happening and this is why it's not okay so yeah there are ways to address you know um things like that and this was an actual um episode that i did uh, i think within my first year of podcasting where we touched on you know just dealing with issues in the workplace when as it relates to you know someone abusing their power and um you know just being toxic toxic workplace cultures are real very real so um like you said, it is a, um, it is important to address it, but I want to also tell you that it is a way to address it. So if you have a chance to check that out, you can recap on that episode by going to any podcasting site and looking for Stop the Stigma, Change the Narrative, Wellness Matters, and you'll be able to um, look and review that information about how to handle toxic workplace cultures. And I believe I did that with Stephanie Davis of Heart Work Trending. She is a licensed professional counselor. So we had touched on that and gave coping strategies and ways on how to manage that. It was either that. And I think I also did touch on that with Tiffany Washington. She's a business coach. So we did touch on that. So check that out. If you are interested in learning that, learning more information about that. Also check in the chat. I dropped the hotline for the domestic violence hotline. It's 1-800-799-7233. I also put an SMS um, thing there. So if you're not able to call, you can send a text to start text START in all caps to 88788 and then you can also go to the domestic violence hotline I'm sorry the website which is the hotline.org so for those that were asking for that information earlier please review it in the chat it is there for you and again there's more information and resources that you can find on my website persuadedbeauty.com clicking on the resource directory yeah that's it. Hey, we got a couple more people coming in. Who is this? LBO11. How you doing, girl? Javanza. Hey, girl. Hey. 
So, yeah, that's very important. Thank you for touching on that. Um, I want to say that this will probably be a good time to stop. We have been on here for over <laughs> an hour. <laughs> I know, that's crazy. It's been a good conversation. I'm glad that we were able to touch on, you know, some important um, factors as it relates to mental health um, and domestic violence. Um and like I said, please, if you're someone that's looking for resources, go to persuadedbeauty.com, click on the resource directory, and all that information will be made available to you. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm definitely excited about the growth and the expansion of just the awareness on our wellness as it relates to physical health, emotional health, um, verbal health. All of that. And let me say this. One thing we didn't touch on too. One thing that can affect your, your mental health is your money. <laughs> your money. Yes. Having um, a strong sense of financial stability can affect your mental health. It's one of the six factors that can affect your health. I don't know about you, but you know, I know some people and sometimes myself too. My money is funny. I'm, I'm, I may not always be in the best mood to talk. Right. No, I mean, and, and, and I, I'll just, uh, you know, I, I just wanted to simply say that in, in order to get to a place where money, I don't want to say no longer impacts your mental health, but, but, maybe less of an impact on your mental health is you have to change your relationship with to money you know what i mean like what, there's such a a big priority to you know the, the reason why money and mental health could come into a play at least from my perspective and my experience is because back then i wanted to have the same things that john had or that you know joe has and and you know, Joe and I are not in the same situation. So I can't be trying to keep up with the Joes or rather the Joneses. So that's the thing. When you change your relationship with money and, and, and separate yourself from that desire of wanting to keep up with the Joneses, then all of a sudden the impact, at least for me, with money changed drastically. Definitely. And take baby steps because a lot of us weren't given the opportunity to have conversations growing mm -hmm. up. Where money was talked about, you know, yeah, we were told how to tithe, but we weren't really told how to invest, you know what I'm saying? Or, you know, how to save or, you know, just all that key stuff. And I think April was financial literacy month. So a lot of people really take um, champion that because April is known as financial literacy month. But I would encourage you if you are someone that, you know, grew up in, in environments where that was not accessible to you or, you know, those resources weren't available to you to learn how to be financially stable at every phase of your life. I would say seek those things out because they're out there. There are people that are out here teaching classes, even free courses, right? I'm is you know the airbnb thing and hopping into real estate but you really need to know what you're getting yourself into and not just get caught up in the hype if that makes sense because you don't want to be one of those people that get caught up in the hype and then you find yourself in debt 
because you came into it, you know, just off of a feeling and not really understanding what it was that you were getting yourself into and how it was going to impact you. So I would say definitely ease your way into it. Go, uh, you know, be gentle with yourself, be patient with yourself, but it is attainable. It is attainable. And, 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 and I would just simply say to that, that what if if you are not an expert in certain then hire the hire the experts so just as a side note in this whole process of buying this franchise one of the things that i didn't know anything about was a document called the franchise disclosure uh document i don't know anything that's a legal document i'm not a lawyer had to hire a lawyer i also you know in looking at the the franchise's numbers i'm not an accountant so I have no idea what I'm looking at. This could be good or bad. I couldn't tell the difference. I hired a accountant to break that down. So, yeah, that's. Definitely, definitely. And that's important for, you know, just for your your life. And mm-hmm. if, if you are a business as well. So making sure that, like you said, if you're not able to understand it, hire someone to do it for you. Right. Or insert yourself in spaces where that information is accessible to you. That's so important. Um, It was one other thing I wanted to touch on, but it kind of slipped away for a little bit. Um, Okay, I got it. So I just want to do a recap of just what we talked about. We talked about some stressors of how things can kind of catch you, keep you in a mental health decline, um, which is, you know, being stressed out, not taking time out for yourself. Um, dealing with overwhelming situations, whether it's something personal or societal that is going on, um, you know, and just keeping your bottle, keeping your emotions bottled in and suppressing things that can also, you know, cause you to have a mental health decline. Because what happens when you bottle something up? Uh. And you sh- what happens when you bottle something up? It eventually explodes and it comes out in other ways it may not necessarily be you you know um being explosive to towards towards someone it could also come out in your body our body holds trauma as well though you know our health is affected by when we keep things in we keep emotions in you know stress tends to show up in our body with the way that we walk the way that we stand up the way that we posture ourselves like it is that meticulous if that makes sense you know um when it comes to just keeping things bottled in so find healthy outlets on how you can cope with the stresses of life because we are all dealing with them and i want to let you know again that you are not alone there are people out here that are willing to support you i am a mental health first aid so basically what that means just like a cpr um just like a first aid or cpr assistant is there to help you in times of you know trouble and challenge that is what i am here for as well i'm not a counselor i'm not a therapist but i can help recognize when someone is experiencing certain um mental health declines and share resources with them so that they can get the further support that they need so again go to the website resource directory check out that information what else did we talk about with coping? Creating a self-care plan, which is literally getting the paper, getting a journal. I like to keep journals um, and write out 
what it is that you can do when you find yourself reaching a point of, you know, doubt or uncertainty or, you know, just just feeling a funk, you know, mm-hmm. write out your plan and what that is. It can be something as simple as taking a moment, stop and breathing for five minutes. Just step away. If you're someone that's at home all the time, you're an at-home mother, or you you are someone that's on the go, you're a working entrepreneur. Take some time. Set some time aside to yourself. You can start small by setting 15 minutes a day for yourself. It could be at the beginning of your day. It can be on your lunch break. It can be at the end of the day. And then you grow and make it bigger as you go, right? So just do something that can pour into yourself, do you have anything to add to that? No, I mean, you you know, you, you recapped it beautifully. Uh, you know, my, my only thing is just to keep the word intentionality at the forefront of your mind. Um, and, and, you know, when I say be intentional, don't just be intentional with yourself. Be intentional with every single action that you take every single day, right? If you're walking out... Uh, If you're walking out uh, out of a door in your office, be intentional about looking behind you so that you can hold the door open for someone else, right? Be intentional about, you know, if you see someone crying, if someone's having issue, walking over and asking how you can offer some degree of assistance. You know, for me, intentionality is is almost, not almost, is a self-rewarding mechanism because you can be intentional with your self-care, but you can also be intentional about how you treat other people. And by doing such an action, you actually reap, to me, in my opinion, in my selfish opinion, you reap the, the greater benefit because your cup is more full at the end of the day. Definitely. And there are so many ways that you can help change the world. You do not have to be a billionaire. You can be a kind. That kindness goes a long way. It goes a long, long way. You can be someone that is a resource by sharing information with people. If you're not able to give it to them, direct them to someone that can. And again, just being kind. It it doesn't hurt to be a kind individual. We are all dealing with things and you never know what someone could be going through and how a smile, a simple hello or a compliment can go and, and affect someone's day positively. So, yeah. That is that. If there's not anything else, (laughs) I hope that this information was impactful to you in some shape, form, or fashion. Um, Before I head out, I do want to say if you are someone that's listening to this and you feel like you don't want to be here no more, I want to let you know that you are needed. You are loved and you are needed in this world. And there, again, are people here to support you. You do not have to go whatever, you do not have to go through whatever it is that you're going through alone. There are people that are here to help you and support you and talk with you through whatever it is that you're going through. So please reach out. Um, You can reach me, you can send me an email. Um, you can also go to uh, hotline, the national suicide hotline.org. 
Um, and there's information that will be able to help you if you are finding yourself in that moment of where you're just in total despair. You can give give them a call. You can go to the website. They are available 24-7. So you can call at any hour, anytime, and speak to a professional there. Um, and again, just just please know, seek seek support. Please seek support. Uh-huh. I'll just simply say too that if anybody wants to reach out to me, hit me up. IG, I'm always open to chat. Uh, but it, you know, going back to what Australia said about if you're facing this moment where you just feel like I'm just not, I, I, I don't, I, I want to give up. I want to remind you of something that's really powerful, and that is that right now, as we're watching this, or as you're listening to this, and you're having these thoughts, there were. Li- There are literally hundreds and thousands of people who didn't have the opportunity that you have right now. And they literally took with them to the grave their knowledge, their experiences, all of their passions, their excitement for wanting to do different things, but didn't have a chance to pull the trigger and take take action on those things. And so ask yourself, is there something that gets me excited that I'm passionate about? And if there is, then that right there, that's enough of a reason to live. I promise you it is. So if you need me, I'm here. I'm here. Yes, and the same here. So thank you for sharing that. I enjoyed our conversation on tonight. I'm looking forward to having another one. We're going to have to get you to come back and talk about something different. Um, But yeah, man, it, it was still, it was a lot that was talked about on today and a lot that could have been touched on as well because it's a lot that's going on aside from us dealing with the pandemic still and COVID. I mean, there's war going on right now. People are being forced out of their living spaces. People are being forced to change, you know, so it's a lot. And just want to let you know that there are compassionate people that care and again, want to be supportive towards you. So until next time, I want you guys to stay persuaded and know that I am rooting for you. And I'll see y'all next time. Likewise. Bye, guys. Thank you.